The Florida Gators are likely going to have some freshman faces contributing to their team this season. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Please do be sure to like, subscribe, comment, review, join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Links in the description below. And don't forget that Tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Fletcher Westfall, Florida Gators' blue chip offensive tackle that committed last week, will be joining Locked On Gators here for an exclusive interview, and you won't want to miss it. But before we get to that, we've got Locked On's recruiting insider Brian Smith here to talk about these 2023 freshmen. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And before we get into it, I do have to tell you that LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And Brian, now we, we spent a lot of time talking about the 2024 class. We have spent no time talking about the 2023 class and with training camp right around the corner, I figured it, it's a good time to bring up the freshmen that are probably going to be contributing at least a little bit during the 2023 season. And starting with a, we'll say Gator favorite right now, my favorite uh, defensive commit in the class. What were your thoughts on Jakeem Jackson as a recruit? Because I mean, one, he was overlooked for the huge majority of the cycle and he was a late riser there. And he's one of the freshmen that is almost definitely going to see pretty significant playing time during the season. He was a kid that flipped positions. He played receiver most of his high school career at Osceola High School in Kissimmee. I remember going his junior year, going to a practice, walk right by him, no big deal, because he wasn't a guy being recruited, just flat out. Now, they had Derek LeBlanc and John Walker, and that's the main reason I was there. Uh, two pretty darn good players, and they had a couple other guys, and it's etc. But when he moved over, and I heard somebody say, "Well, this school offered, this school offered, this school offered," and I'm like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> it in Florida, man, it happens every year where you have some of that. But that's one of the reasons he was overlooked. He he just didn't want to play corner. When he finally made the move, he he was pretty natural at it. So. He's got some things to learn and all that, but you can't teach the hips and the speed and the ability to run down guys. He, he can run. So I, I think he will be an impact guy if he figures out the scheme and or they make it pretty simple for him. But he's got a long way to go. He's, he still has a lot of upside because, again, he's played one year of it. So I think he's a guy that could end up playing multiple spots outside, inside. Just kind of depends on what they want to do. So And I'm curious to see how much man they put him in his first year. 
Yeah. Um, just, just to make a 2024 connection, I don't want to say comparison, but I feel like a lot of Gators fans are just like, oh, Jakeem Jackson played corner for a year, came to Florida, and, and they're trying to make that same connection with Teddy Foster of going, oh, long athlete, inexperienced at corner, you know, only played, uh, I think Teddy started his sophomore year, started playing. Is, is that fair at all to go, oh, Teddy Foster could eventually become that blue chip recruit there, or is that not the expectation for you? I mean, it's not out of the question. When you have a guy that's got length and speed, it's an open book. Just depends on how much he wants it. The guys that win from this point forward, and Dion's talked about this a bunch. He goes, I watched more film than anybody. This just in. He was also more talented than anybody, but he didn't want to win. He wanted to dominate. How many of these kids want to dominate? So that's that's really what it comes down to. Little things that are off the field, what you eat, how you train, how you sleep. That all, because I'm not worried about the coaching. They're going to get plenty of that. Now it's up to them. And those are the things that make my job all but impossible. I have no idea how much they're going to work at it. I can just tell you what I saw in high school and the kind of person they are, et cetera. So Shaquem's a very motivated young man, for instance. I don't know anything about Teddy. I've never met him, but he's 6'2". He's long as all get out. And a certain DB coach in Gainesville likes him, so I like him. So yep. I, I'll go with that. Yeah, that, that's my only justification when he committed. I was like, look, I don't care what his ranking is. Corey Raymond's not bringing bad corners to Gainesville, so I'm cool with it. Um, but on, on the defensive front, Kelby Collins was a, a huge win for Florida in 2023, highest ranking in the class. And this was one of those times where since Billy Napier's been hired, we've heard, you know, you, you need to be able to go into Georgia and take a kid from Kirby Smart. You need to be able to go into Bama and take a kid from Nick Saban. And this was was kind of that. You know, he, he went into Alabama and he took a kid that Nick Saban wanted. Like, it was down to mostly Florida or Alabama. And we, we've seen him do that before. He took Shamar James from Mobile. But what was your opinion of Kelby Collins' skill set just, I mean, especially because the expectation is he's going to be playing Jack linebacker in this uh, 2023 year. If he can play that at his size, he's, he needs to hire me for his agent. <laughs> um, I don't know if he can play that long-term. Um, most kids gain 20 to 30 pounds and he's not going to play it at 280 or 270 or whatever, but he is a nimble kid and he's very long armed. I just don't know how much he's going to stay at one spot. I'd move him around. I would make it difficult for teams to figure out where he's going to be. Now, you gain steam with the playbook over time. Some coaches are stupid enough to think they can throw the entire playbook at a freshman and expect that to go well. Those are also the kids that make critical errors and you lose games. But keep it simple, downhill, kill ball, see ball, all that kind of stuff. If you do that with his skills, you don't have to make it all that complex. And he could play a lot, like you said. Alabama does not just recruit defensive linemen for fun. There's a reason for it. That, that spot in particular, Saban is always taken personally. And to be honest with you, can you blame him? I mean, it's been the reason Alabama's won those titles. He was a guy in their backyard. And I was shocked when I heard that he was going to commit to Florida. I remember hearing about it before, and I'm like, wow. So you're right. That was a very good sign for the Florida program, too. Because I, I think eventually he'll grow into a strong side end to a three-tech. And that's fine because not many guys will be able to handle him. But that's exactly what Saban has done for years. Did it at LSU and he did it at Bama. So that's a good path. 
Yeah, uh, what do you think of Florida's approach? Because I feel like every defensive lineman that we talk about, we're just like, oh, yeah, he's going to play this spot, this spot, and a little bit of that spot. And it's like long-term, could view Kelby Collins as, you know, probably starting as that F, that strong side defensive end in Florida's defense, um, play a little bit of three-tech, play maybe a little bit of jack when you're going heavy set intentionally. And I feel like we talk about guys like Kendall Jackson the same way. We're just like, yeah, once he – Gains weight, he'll probably be a strong side defensive end that can move around a little bit. So what do you think of Florida's approach of just every defensive lineman can play two to three spots at any time? It's an advantage, except for nose guard, which that spot is its own entity. You want guys that can move because when it's third down and three, especially if you have a special player, you don't want the opposition to know where he's going to line up automatically. At least you want there to be thought that he's going to either move right before the snap, maybe switch sides, do something to change up what you're going to do in a blocking scheme. Georgia moves their, their linemen constantly, and that I think they're doing quite well. So uh, you can't just – yeah, just slightly. You can't just assume that you're going to line them up and kill everybody, not in today's world because there's too many good offenses. I think Kelby is a great example of that. Um uh, to be honest, I'm trying to – is there a defensive lineman they signed last year that you would go, man, he's only one thing? I don't I don't think that's the case. And it, it's probably just going to be their pattern. If you notice, they signed a lot of guys that are above 6'3", at least listed. So length, if you don't get to the quarterback, get hands up. They're, they're trying to play the numbers game here. It's pretty much what Kirby did at Georgia too. He signs a lot of length. It's working. And most teams in the SEC that win get big D linemen that have length. He's, he's, it's a copycat league, bro. But if you win these battles and all of a sudden Ford is winning them up front, I don't expect a great year this year, but in a year or so that could really flip around pretty quick. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available and that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free with simple tools like screening questions it makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors Hmm. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we, we've talked about Florida's approach with receiver this year, at least. They're, they're going for a lot of speed. Last year, they, they kind of did a similar thing there. Uh, but focusing on Aiden Mizell first, he was kind of that that first speed demon is what I like to call him. He was the first speed demon that Billy Napier really brought in at receiver. What do you think of his ability to be able to contribute early on at, you know, 165 pounds, which I know people want to go, Devontae Smith did it. Different, different kind of player. Let's <laughs> just different kind, just a slightly different kind of player. Look, man. That's a once a decade kind of deal, man. Don't put height and weight and then just change the name. It's not how it works, brother. Uh, there are a lot of 
lot of guys that are 165 pounds. Only one won the Heisman here recently. So I think that he's a kid that's going to have to learn to get off bump coverage and do all the little things. I've met him, been around him. He can absolutely fly. So if he can stay healthy, that's been the bugaboo. Can he stay healthy? He can be a big-time player. And it's the same thing with all the kids they got in 23 and 24. If you don't get hands on them at the line, it's going to be hard. And we, we all know Napier wants to play power football and run play action. And he's got a quarterback coming in. It's got a big arm. They can throw deep. I mean, these things are not rocket science. They're not. So, but if my guy outruns your guy and you got an eight-man box, it's touchdown. Sounds great. So I just want to see him get a little bit bigger and stronger. The 165 is not going to – Devontae Smith aside. <laughs> he can throw him out there. Real, real plain here. Anomaly. <laughs> that is not the norm. So I'd like to see Mizell be 185 in a year something like that. Hopefully he can be, but uh great kid and got a lot of speed. Yeah. Uh, I think the speed alone could make him someone that, you know, maybe, maybe even this year, not a starter, obviously, but use him as a decoy every now and then just, just send him deep and make, make defenses respect that. But yeah, I, I think that he's, once he bulks up a little bit, I think I'm going to be incredibly excited for what he's going to bring to the table, but the rest of the class also, I mean, Florida brought in, three receivers last year. It looks like that's going to be roughly what they bring in this year as well, but they rounded out last year with Eugene Wilson, the third Andy Jean. J- just what are your thoughts on the class as a whole at that receiver spot for Florida for this coming season? I'm curious to see how they line them up because they, they favor more of a slot to flanker. I want to know if they're going to use any of them at the boundary spot. Uh, maybe Andy. Uh, Andy's a strong kid, played at Northwestern, but he's still not the biggest guy in the world, and they could all run. So I, they might move him around. And I don't know what Billy's philosophy is. I've never researched it or looked into it. But I remember talking to somebody last year on signing day about – I was like, man, they didn't sign a big guy. I wonder if that was by design or what it was, but they went after a lot of speed. And I thought, okay, well, they'll go after – I mean, everybody went after Jeremiah. That's self-explanatory, <laughs> but that's dub. There aren't a lot of big receivers in Florida this year. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they still try to get another guy or they try to get a portal guy in the offseason or something. But they're, they're just trying to load up with speed. I'm guessing they're going to let the chips fall where they may, where they line up. But like Wilson, man, he is electric in the slot. Jet sweeps, reverses, and stuff like that. I've seen him play I don't even know how many times. I don't remember too many guys even being remotely able to handle him at the line of scrimmage. If he's in the slot and he's not up or you can't get a hand on him, man, it's it's really dangerous. So that's the kind of speed they're bringing there. The, he's a he's a Spurrier receiver for the people that are watch Spurrier's team. He would fit in with Spurrier's offense, like that that kind of speed. And if you do that, again, with play action passing, it's not that hard. So the formula is pretty straightforward. Now it's about execution and guys just getting bigger and stronger. Yeah, um, Florida, they had uh... – Tyree Patterson committed last year, and then they were like, eh, not really. He would have been the fourth receiver. He was the lowest ranked uh, recruit in the entire class at the time that they kind of backed off him. But he was their their taller guy, and, and they chose to back off. So they went for the light class, went for speed. Seems to be the trend that they're going with this year as well. But like you mentioned, not a ton of, uh, of, of tall, not a ton of trees at receiver for Florida this year. Going back to defense right now is one of my favorite commits in the class. I know that he played 
corner a lot in high school safety here. Jordan Castell, just what do you think of, of his skill set? He is determined to play corner or whatever. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, we've everybody told him that a while, but he, he didn't want to hear it. But man, he is yoked. Uh, like when he walks on the field, you're like, that is that is insane. So if he figures it out, like where he wants to play and he dedicates himself to it, he'll get paid. I just think he would be best as a nickel or a linebacker. Nick Saban flat out thought he was a wheel linebacker and set him down and told him that flat out. And that didn't go well for Alabama. But then again, if that's where you think the kid should play, so be it. I mean, Nick, I like Nick's opinion on it better, um, to be quite honest with you. I just don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know what Billy's plans are, et cetera, but the kid for his length and his – like he is just yoked. He looks like a linebacker in, in waiting to me. But if he's determined to play in the secondary, I think he's got to play the star or whatever. He's not – I don't I don't see him playing corner in the SEC. I, I definitely don't. He just needs to figure it out above the shoulders, like where I want to play and how I want to attack this. Physically, you can't teach it. Yeah, so would you think that he would – obviously with, with uh, just a little bit of priming, uh, be able to play like more of a, 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 I hate saying free or strong, but like more, more of like a deep safety kind of role where cover three, that center fielder type. He, he probably could. Um, it's just, I, I don't know how big he's going to get. He was over 200 pounds in high school. So again, most people gain 20, 30 pounds in college. So, how long can he stay there and all that? I don't know. But Castell, he, he can flat out run, though. The size to speed comparison is why he had offers from Alabama and everybody. He was really unique. Now it's just kind of try him out. I bet he plays more than one spot at Florida just in the first year because they're going to try to figure it out. From there, we'll see what happens. But I, I don't know where it's going to be. He's one of the hardest kids to place in one spot out of the entire 23 class, regardless of state. Yeah, he's uh, listed as with the roster update that came out on Monday, 6-2-204. They have him listed at safety right now, but we'll, we'll see whatever happens with that one because, one, it's college football, so who the hell really knows? Uh, and, two, he's a true freshman, so things will change. But uh, there is someone that I also wanted to talk about who I feel like we kind of just not overlook but doesn't get talked about a ton with – Trayon Webb, like we know Florida has an elite running back duo with Montreal Johnson, Trevor Eaton, one of the best in the country. I, I think it's safe to say top 10 running back duo in the country pretty comfortably. Cameron Carroll transferred in from Tulane, more of the receiving back type. And, and then it's it's kind of just question marks in the running back room behind then, which not the best to only have three guys that you know really anything about. But do you think that Trayon Webb is someone who can contribute this year at all maybe he has to wait some time he could play this year he could play a role he's a physical kid i've seen him run over a kid and like step on him like run right over him right in front of me no ifs ands or buts and it was like oh it was a fourth down play and the kid made a bad business decision and it happens uh, that's high school football in the state of florida but he's also a kid that could catch the ball could be used on third downs because he's a good all-around athlete I'm curious to see what they come up with for him. If they're going to use him all in motion, do put him in the slot. He's a good athlete. Now, can he beat out something? The guys in front of him are really good. So 
I don't know how much he'll play, but I don't necessarily think that's going to be his fault. It's just playing time in Florida's backfield is going to be a bit limited. So question is, can he pass protect like all freshman running backs? The answer to that is almost, you know, just no. They got to learn. <laughs> it never really goes well early on. And then secondly, can he pick up the playbook? If one of those guys gets hurt, they're going to need him to take reps, you know, just by default. So that's an important factor as well. I don't know the answer to that, but if he can, yeah, he could get 10, 15 snaps a game. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, I mean, Trevor Etienne last year, awful in pass protection. Um, I would say that this year in the spring game, he upended, this year in the spring game, he upended Kamari Wilson. So maybe Trayon Webb can, uh, can, can learn some things there. Cause uh, if anybody listens to the show, they know for me, running backs and pass protection is like the thing that drives me crazy if you can't do it. So that was one of the reasons that I love Damian Pierce so much, but thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel and Locked On Gators every week. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back later this evening with Fletcher Westfall, Florida Gators four-star blue chip offensive tackle commit for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.